Well, good morning and welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church. We are so grateful that you have tuned in this morning or hit play on that live stream or on that pre-recorded message. And this morning, we're going to be continuing our discussion, our study into the book of Daniel. Today, we're going to cover the last chapter of the storytelling part of Daniel, Daniel 6, or really Daniel 6 part 1, as this will be a two-weeker, faith over fear, faith over fear. Creating habits of prayer and worship can strengthen your faith and cast out fear, preventing its control over your life. That's what we're going to see today as we go into Daniel chapter 6 and next week as well. We're going to see that we can find hope in God through all times of life, the bad times and the good, the times of prosperity and the times of persecution and devastation or what may feel like it. This is probably the most well-known chapter, and we realize that one thing is the same no matter what chapter we are reading. God is in charge. God's got this. We're going to start with reading chapter 6, the first part, and then we'll be ending, and we'll be discussing five points from Daniel's prayer, five points which we can mimic in our everyday lives as well. So let's begin with reading the holy, inspired word of God. I'm going to try and read it from my tablet so I can... Switch the slides for you and you be able to follow along here. Starting at verse 1, Daniel in the lion's den, chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, governors, leaders, to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was one. Daniel, the man who previously was probably retired or semi-retired, and now there's a new kingdom a new empire, a Persian king, and yet he is still in leadership. Look at this. Look how God continues to use him. Daniel was one of them, to whom these satraps would give account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps. Why, you might ask? Because an excellent spirit was in him. This is the spirit of God was in him. And because of this, because of God being within him, I should say, God leading his life, God guiding his life, because of his bold face, his bold integrity, people saw God in his life. People saw that, that his life was not characterized upon his own wants and desires, but upon the wants and desires of God. Let's continue on, though. I'm sorry. This Daniel became distinguished above all the other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. He had a great testimony. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. He was so well liked by the king. He did such a great job that the king was going to make him the head honcho. Then the presidents and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint. They were jealous. They didn't like this. Other people, they they wanted to be this guy. So they tried to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. They knew that he followed the law of God so well that if there was going to be a fault, this would be where it would be found. So then these presidents and satraps came by agreement 
to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors agreed that the king should establish an, an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Wow, that's, that's quite the punishment. Just somebody who, who fails to bow to you only, king, but bows to their own god, to the one true god, should be cast into a den of lions. Now, O king, they're pleading with the king, make this a decree, make this a law, make this an order. And these laws, these orders to the uh, Persians, they, they weren't ones that you can put in existence today and take away tomorrow. They were as if set in stone. It says, O king, establish this injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. In verse 10, this is what we're focusing on today. Verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. And get this, despite the new decree, he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Verse 11, as we wrap up, and then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any God or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. These men, I'm sorry I failed to go to the last slide. I'll let you catch up. These men hated Daniel so much, partially because of jealousy. They wanted this position, partially because he was not evil. He was good. And I think that this is often the world's response, the wicked, the evil's response to goodness. Goodness can seem good to people, but at a certain point, and I think maybe you've felt this before, you just feel like, wow, that person is so good, they just get on my nerves. But that is what we should be characterized, but not the goodness of this world, the goodness of God. Also, it's good to note here that they could not find anything, no charge, no nothing to bring against him before the king. All of his 40 or more years in service to the king and his ethical record was spotless. How many politicians can say that? Finally, they resorted to plan B. If we can't find something against him in this world, against the kingdom, against the king and his empire, let's find something against him concerning the law of his God. Let's trap him. But even this would not work, you see. But before we read on, Consider this one thought, and if you're taking notes, consider yourself truly blessed if the only thing your enemy can charge against you is that you are too faithful in God. Makes that a note if you're taking notes. Are you too faithful in God? Is it possible? Is that the only thing that your enemy can bring against you? Is that you're too faithful? You're too good. 
You're characterized too much by the goodness of God. Wow, what a charge, what a challenge. In his old age as in his youth, Daniel was a model for living consistently a godly life in a hostile world. Daniel's life shows us how we can live in this world today. We need to be living a life of bold faith and integrity. Daniel's prayer life and his faith in God, his testimony, was so consistent and true that all knew his routine. They knew his routine so much. He had such a consistent prayer life. They knew exactly where to go to find him and catch him in the act. One pastor once said, God is glorified when a believer's testimony consistently points to his Lord, both in times of trouble and goodness. God is glorified when a believer's testimony consistently points to his Lord, both in times of trouble and goodness. Is your testimony pointing to God in both goodness and bad times? Let's read on, verse 6. Verse 6, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. This was the trap. Then reading on in verse 8, Now, O king, they're demanding the king to enforce his decree. Establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be charged. I'm sorry, he's still writing it. They're still pleading with him to put this in existence. And make it to, according to law, the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, the king Darius signed the document and injunction. He'd end up regretting this later, but this time it probably sounded good to his ego. Ooh, wow. Nobody can bow to anyone but me. This sounds good. But when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows and his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. That's where we're going to end today with verse 11. But we still have a lot to discuss. Today, I want to look to Daniel's prayer life. You see, we find a great example for our own prayer lives. Daniel was in trouble, and yet we see his first response was his routine response, his habitual response. It was a habit for him to pray three times a day. And even though he's in trouble, even though he has this, this unfair, unjust decree that goes against his word of God, the word of God and goes against his, his nature and could cause him great harm, he would continue with this response of prayer. He went on praying. And that is the response we should always have too. We should always go on praying. In fact, when the Bible is attacked, when God is attacked, when you are attacked, your character, your physical life, your spiritual life, your emotional life, our best reaction, at least the first reaction, is generally to pray. To pray. Our best reaction is a prayer reaction. Do you have a prayer reaction when your life feels threatened? Our gut reaction may be to go into debate mode, fight mode, 
but we must first pray. Take a moment. Go to your knees and do not get up until you are not acting off your own emotions, your own power, your own wisdom, but by the power and wisdom and guidance of God. Let me say that again because I think some of us need to hear this. We need to go to our knees. Yes, I know we can pray anyway. We can pray with our eyes open. We can pray while we talk. We can pray while we eat. We can pray anywhere. But sometimes we just need to humbly put everything else on hold. We need to go to our knees. We need to bow our heads as we recognize God's sovereignty, his control. And we need to put aside our emotions, our feelings, our control, as we let his control lead our life, as we allow his wisdom to come upon us. We need to go to our knees daily and pray. That's what Daniel does here. You see, sometimes the best action is no action. Sometimes we need to leave it to God. Sometimes we do need to act, but we still need to go to God first. We need to go to him in prayer and we need to go to his word. It has been said that in your greatest struggles, you pray your mightiest prayers. It has been said in your greatest struggles, you pray your mightiest prayers. Because it's at these times that you most honor God as you realize just how out of control you are, but he is. We need to go to God in prayer, as I said, at any time in any place. Mighty prayers have come from inside prison walls, school walls, church walls, home walls, from our bedrooms, our living rooms, and out in public spaces and private places alike. We need to pray anywhere and everywhere. Just pray. Daniel went to God in prayer, despite any unjust circumstances, and we too should be going to God in prayer, but not just in the bad times, or not just for ourselves, but at all times and for him. Do you go to God in prayer at all times and for him? Here's a big idea for you to write down, a note, an application point. God requires loyalty from all his people and at all times. God requires loyalty from all his people and at all times. And Daniel continues to give this loyalty to God first. Now, it doesn't mean he wasn't loyal to his king But any time that the loyalty to his king jeopardized the loyalty to God, he chose God. He was loyal and continues to go to God. Here's the application point. Pray and worship God first. Pray and worship God first. Because creating habits of prayer and worship can strengthen our faith. We can have faith over fear, just like Daniel. I'm sure he had fear I'm sure he had worries, but he had his faith take control first. He went to God. We need to do this both in times of prosperity and persecution. Good times and bad, we can have hope in Christ. Here are my five points from Daniel's prayer for us to mimic. Daniel, as a man of prayer, was number one, thankful and cheerful. That's both number one. Daniel, as a man of prayer and a man of God, with bold faith and integrity, Daniel's prayer was thankful and cheerful. Daniel prayed with his head up, not focused upon his misery, his circumstances, his issues of the day. But he focused upon his great God and remembering his great mercies. This was an act of praise and worship as he prayed. Again, 
Creating habits of prayer and worship can strengthen our faith as we focus on him. We can have faith over fear. It says that Daniel knelt down on his knees and prayed with thanksgiving three times a day as he has done previously. This was his habit. This was his routine. And he would continue to pray with thanksgiving even at this time. When Daniel was made aware of this dire, crazy, unjust, terrible, threatening situation, he prays, but he looks to God first. He's not requesting his own safety that we know of. He's not going directly to God, calling upon God to intervene and remove this persecution and rescue him. It just says that he went to God and prayed three times a day in thanksgiving as he had done previously. It's also likely, it's been said, that he prayed for welfare of the city where God had sent them into exiles, as exiles, and for the Jews' return from exile. His concern was not limited to his immediate needs, but the eternal plan of God. You see, the Psalms remind us greatly that even in our greatest troubles, we can sing great songs, new songs of thanksgiving and praise to God. And that's what his prayer does. Number two, Daniel was a man of prayer. His prayer was constant and regular. We've talked about this a lot so far. But number one, he was thankful and cheerful. His prayer was thankful and cheerful. Number two, it was constant and regular. He would not let any decree, hobby, happening, circumstances get in his way of his commitment to practice prayer three times a day. Morning, noon, and evening, he would pray to his Lord. Mornings, maybe he would pray thanking the Lord for his mercies through the night. During the day, he might thank God for his guidance, his wisdom, his protection, his help through the day, and blessings that he received. And at night, he may thank God for giving him time to rest. Do we pray like this? Daniel prayed without ceasing, no cancellation, no suspension. He continued to pray habitually, routinely, as he had done before. It's been said a truly godly man prays at all times and in all seasons of life. There should be no season of life that your life is without prayer and without study of God's word. We too need to have lives characterized by constant, regular prayer, prayers of thankfulness and cheerfulness. Number three, Daniel's prayer was a believing prayer. As Daniel prayed with his window open, he faced Jerusalem as he believed in the promises of his God to restore his people. Even though the temple has been destroyed, they had been cast out and the city ransacked, he prayed towards Jerusalem, towards the temple, knowing that God's plan would come to be. They would be rescued. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seeks him. Again, this was a believing prayer, and we too need to pray believing prayers and need to have lives characterized by this belief in God. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, before we move on, says, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace 
that we may receive mercy and find grace to, to help in time of need. That's what I want you to hear is that final verse, 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And number four, Daniel's prayer was a fearless prayer. As Daniel prayed, he was fearless. He focused on God's great blessings and provisions. Despite the fact that he could be imprisoned at any moment, thrown into a den of lions, he prayed fearlessly as he had always done before. Philippians 4, 6-7 tells us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Daniel was fearless. Daniel could have ran and hid, or at least maybe he could have prayed as he'd done before, but with one little adjustment, he could have closed the curtains to his windows. He could have gone into a closet, hid behind a rock. He could have gone into the wilderness, gone camping for a day, and prayed in hiding. But he did not. He prayed in front of the window as he always had done before, fearlessly knowing God was with him. And this wasn't necessarily just for people to see, to put on a show. This was because it was his routine and no fear would change this, no unjust decree of king or jealous co-workers. The fear he had for God would go above any fear of man. He had such reverence for God, nothing would change his routine here because he knew this was the right way, the godly way. We too should fear God more than man. It's easy to pray to God in good times when nothing is to be feared. But to go to God at first at times of fear shows our bold faith and integrity and dependence upon the only one who can truly help you. We need to go to God at all times. One pastor stated here that the lion's den or threat of could have just been the quicker way to paradise for him as a believer. So why fear? Why fear? Number five, earnest. Daniel's prayer was earnest. Lastly, he prayed earnestly for his supplication. Supplication is pleading earnestly, desperately before the creator of the universe for your special needs and mercies. I believe he prayed earnestly. He pleaded with God desperately. He pleaded with God's promises to come to be. Prayer will almost always go in this direction naturally as we pray to God and we're in need and he's not. But we should most importantly focus on him first. But then do, do pray fervently, desperately as we focus on him as the creator of the universe, as the one who gives you love, gives you mercy through Christ. We only have this relationship with him through his love and he wants to share this love through Christ with you. He wants a restored relationship with you. He wants you to include him in every part of your life. He wants to care for you. He wants you to glorify him with your life. Will you do so? Daniel needed some special help to withstand the trials to come. And he would receive all he would need and more because of his bold face and integrity. Daniel would continue to be faithful in God. He would fear not, for he knew God was with him. We too are told to fear not, for he is with us. He is our refuge. He is our shield. He is our rock. As we wrap up for today, I urge you to do a few things. One, I urge you to look to your testimony. 
Is it consistently God-honoring like Daniel's? They could not find any complaint in him. They could not bring any charge against him. He shows us a faith over fear. Do you have a faith over fear? He had every reason to hide, shy away from his normal routines, but he would continue to have uncompromising faith in God. Now, I'm not saying that we need to go out and toss away any safety, any precautions, any smart things to do, but we need to make sure that we first obey God. Faith over fear, faith over government, faith over people, but those people are important. Those fears are important as they help to protect us, but they can't be the thing that controls you. Your faith in God must be the controlling thing in your life. This should encourage our daily living today to also be one of uncompromising faith and integrity. So number two, also, as we look to our lives and I wrap up, do you have a consistent prayer life like Daniel? Do you pray three times a day just as you have done before? Do you pray with thankfulness, cheerfulness? Do you pray consistently, regularly, habitually, routinely? Do you pray fearlessly? believing prayers, and do you pray earnestly? These are lessons we learn from Daniel's prayer. You see, we all have habits. I would hope most of us brush our teeth every night. We take showers. We put on deodorant. We maybe go on runs or go exercise at the gym. We eat three meals a day. We all have good habits, and we also have bad habits we acquire, like me biting my nails, or maybe you bite the end of a pen, or maybe you, you flitch around a lot, you, you have to keep yourself in control. We, we have good habits, we have bad habits. Do you have the good habit of Daniel of praying? And then what is your response, your automatic response to circumstances in your life? That's what I want you to look at lastly. What is your automatic response to circumstances in your life? Do you go to pray? Does your prayer life have these five aspects of Daniel's prayer life? Does your prayer life show praise and worship? Is this, prayer, this habit of prayer and worship strengthening your faith in God? In a position like Daniel's, would you have taken time to still pray as you consistently had before? Do you pray today? Let's close now in prayer. And then we'll move to communion with a song. Lord, we thank you that today we can focus upon you. We thank you that today we can pray. Despite any circumstances, prosperity or persecution, we can pray thankfulness and cheerful prayers for you are good all the time. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your son who you sent to, to show us the ultimate example of humility and love by dying upon the cross for our sins so that we might have a restored life through him in you. Lord, we thank you for this example of Daniel's prayer, which shows us that we should be praying believing prayers, fearless prayers, routine, consistent prayers, earnest prayers. And Lord, we just pray for you to help us to continue to stay consistently faithful to you. Amen. Please listen to this song as we have communion after.
causes pain for me who am to death pursued amazing love how can it be that thou my God I should die for me amazing love how can it be that thou Father's throne above, so free, so infinite His grace, emptied Himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race, tis mercy all, time free. Can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? No condemnation now I dread, Jesus and all. How can it be that thou, 